to glory to glory. The radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the book of Revelation. Chapter 11. If you can please turn with me to Revelation chapter 11, picking up in verse 15. The title of the message this morning is Lessons from Heaven. I'll tell you, I, I'm so blessed to be a small part of what the Lord did at the Labor of Love Music Fest. How many people went to the Labor of Love Music Fest? Wow. So probably about 80, 90% of the room here, somewhere like that. But Tuesday night, we had testimonies. We had people come on up and give testimonies what the Lord did uh, at the Labor of Love Music Fest. It was just an awesome thing to hear, you know, just the different ways the Lord was working. I know uh, Angela shared, she's ready to go to the restroom. <laughs> Angela shared how her, her grandson, uh, Desi, uh, was baptized. And it was just a special thing as Chad and I had an opportunity to baptize him out there in the ocean. And, and after all that, uh, little Desi told his grandmother, Grandma, this is the best day in my life. He's like, like 15 years old, I think, 16, somewhere around there. So what a blessing. And then uh, after, I know uh, Stella was telling me that at the prayer booth, they had 26 volunteers. That's huge. And she said that they broke up into like six or eight different groups. And she said from 8.30 in the morning on, it was just constant prayer. People were constantly coming in for prayer. She said there were so many people that their booth didn't hold all the people that needed prayer. They had to go outside the booth to pray for everybody. I mean, that's just so awesome. Many people responded to the gospel as the gospel went out, so that was a huge blessing. We, we handed out many Bibles. I'm not sure yet how many we handed out, but we, uh, I know we handed out a ton of Bibles. The, the testimony of uh, Dave, as Dave went out with the teams, they had, I don't even know how many, do you know how many teams that you guys had out there? How many people were out? About 30 guys went out just handing out tracts and sharing the gospel outside of our area, and they're just uh, great testimonies how people just came to the Lord. So let's give the Lord a hand for what he did at the labor of love. But one thing we do right after the labor of love, we, the leadership, we kind of get together and we brainstorm how we can make it better next year. And we just, we, we had that time together. And I'm sure they're going to have, is it t- today you're going to have some time too, also looking at, you know, how we can make it better, what we can do differently, how we can change things. And we want to learn from our mistakes because we want to be able to, to do it better. I think I, I shared on Tuesday how it was kind of like the, this labor of love was just so stable. It's like we were all just kind of resting in our gifts, trusting the Lord, and it, just, it seemed like there was just peace and stability everywhere. All the leadership, they were just kind of resting in, you know, in the power of God and his spirit. You know, someone told me the Holy Spirit was so thick you couldn't even cut it with a knife. Someone said that. <laughs> I felt that. It was just like he was just carrying us. You know, we, were just all, we were all being carried. But we want to learn. You know, we want to learn what we can do better next time. We want to prayerfully seek the Lord with that. And we can learn from our mistakes, but also we can learn from others, can't we? And in our story here, in our text that's before us, we're going to have lessons from heaven. And hopefully there's some things here we can glean off of uh, those that will be in heaven. And so let's take a look at our text. Revelation chapter 11, picking up in verse 15. And it says, Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he, the Lord, shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell 
on their faces and worship God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come, and the time of the dead that they should be judged, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy or corrupt the earth. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple, and there was lightnings, noises, thunderings, an earthquake, and great hail. We've been looking at the trumpet judgments. This is the seventh and the last trumpet judgment. But it's interesting what happens when, you know, the last trumpet sounds. There's a proclamation, which we're going to look at. Remember the last seal, the seventh seal when it was open. Remember what happened in heaven when the seventh seal was open? Remember, there was silence for about a half an hour. Remember that? Complete silence in heaven. And this time, the, the trumpet sounds, and we're, we're waiting for devastation, but actually, a great proclamation goes forth. Instead of devastation, the, a great proclamation. I want to look at that. If we can look back at verse 15, it says, the proclamation from the angels were, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and, and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Is that a great proclamation? I don't know if there's a, a greater proclamation that can be made. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. In other words, they're proclaiming Jesus, King Jesus has taken over. How many are waiting for that day? Is that going to be awesome or what? Jesus being king of the earth, reigning forever and ever. It's going to happen. I'll tell you, I can't wait to shed this, this old body. I don't know about you. I'm only, what, 50? I forget my age. 53, 52? 52, I'll be 53 in November. <laughs> I have to look at my wife. I don't even know. I'm so old. I, don't even, I, I try not to remember how old I am. <laughs> but I can't wait for the glorified body, you know? No more pains, no more aches, no more tiredness, no more sleepiness. And, you know, we're going to have new bodies. We're going to be, you know, in an earth where Jesus reigns and there's no more sin. How many can say amen to that? Amen. We talked about temptation last week. There's going to be no more temptation. Is that great? No more fears, no more worries, no more deadlines, no more stress. King Jesus is coming, and that's what it's being proclaimed. King Jesus is coming. King Jesus is going to take his rightful throne. I know some people are hoping, you know, November, that something, you know, change is going to happen, and it's going to be great. And it's great. I, I personally, this is my personal opinion, I hope change does happen. That's my personal opinion. But I tell you, I'll tell you this much. Even if change happens, it's not going to be like, we're not going to live in a perfect world until King Jesus comes. And I want to use this to say, will you please register to vote if you haven't already? Will you go out and vote this November? You know, our Supreme Court justice, are, it's being held in the balance right now. Depend on, on who the next president is. And I just want to say this, because this is so important for our country. That it could go one way or the other. And it's not just, we're not voting for the next four years. We're voting for the next 40 years, because, you know, somehow the Supreme Court justice, they're calling the laws. They're calling the shots. They're not supposed to do that, but that's what they're doing today, right? So please, go out and vote biblically. Vote, out, go out, vote for those that, that hold up our religious rights. Hold, you know, that, those that... Uh, Protect the sanctity of life. 
those that stand for the things of the Constitution. But it's not going to be perfect until King Jesus comes. And the proclamation here, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. I want to say, as we, as we look at this, there have become, where it says have become, uh, the, the, the grammar in this, the Greek grammar, it's an absolute certainty, meaning Jesus is coming to reign uh, before it's even accomplished. Before, you know, because it's going to be another three and a half years before Jesus sits on the throne. So they're proclaiming this as if it's happened and it's not even happened yet. And the, the proclamation is like, the, this is going to happen, but it, it's not happening. It's kind of like in November, we vote for who the president is. We're going to start celebrating, even though that, that president's not going to sit in office for a few months, right? And that's like the proclamation is it's a certainty. And I don't know about you, but with this verse, it gives me a lot of peace. Because I know that I have a bright future. No matter what happens in our life, guess what? As believers, we're going to heaven. And if life is getting you down and there's you know, stresses that are going on in your life, it, let me remind you that we're going to heaven. And we're on the winning side. Isn't it good to know you're on a winning side? Wouldn't it be nice every, every, if you're in sports or whatever, or if you, you, know, you go out there to play, if you went out to the field knowing ahead of time, we're going to win this game no matter what. It's done. It's a done deal. Let's just go walk through the motions. Let's do our best. But, but we won the game. Wouldn't that be awesome? So we're on the playing field, and we're going to have some bumps in the road, right? And there's going to be some turmoil. There's going to be some trials. We're going to look at situations like, wow, I don't know how this is going to go out. I'm going to throw this ball. I'm going to go throw a Hail Mary. I don't know what's going to happen, but guess what? We're going to win anyhow. Okay, you didn't catch it. Oh, well, we're still going to win. Let's line back up, guys. We're going to win. And I think it would be so healthy if we, if we looked at life like that. We're going to win no matter what. We won. When the Iraq war was going on, he was in the military, and he was deployed to go to Iraq, and... And he was real nervous about it. He didn't know if he was going to die. And he was a Christian believer. And, and the, the Lord gave him a word that he's going home, that he's going to be able to go back out. But the Lord told him, I'm going to bring you home. Do you know that gave him such confidence when he went out there to battle? They, they said he had such confidence that he would tell the other guys, well, guys, I'm not going to die. I'm going home. God spoke to me. I'm going home. They would literally, listen to this, when they would kick down the doors and stuff to go against the Taliban and all, they would put him right in the front. <laughs> Seriously. He was the front guy. They were like, okay, God's going to take you home. Okay, you go first. <laughs> and he would like, boom, they kicked the door in and they'd go in these places. And he had no fear with that. He's like, God's taking me home. God's taking me home. And I believe that's so awesome. If we had this in life, God's taking us home. Let's, let's take risk for the kingdom. Let's realize we're, we're on the winning team. And if, if he says, throw a Hail Mary, just, okay, Lord, you said throw a Hail Mary. It's going. I don't know. Oh, whoa, that wasn't too. Guess what? He caught it. <laughs> The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Our Lord shall reign forever and ever. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord. Is this taking place personally in your life? Are the kingdoms of your world becoming the kingdoms of the Lord and of his Christ? In, in other words, are you allowing him to take control of those areas of your life that once controlled you? Are, are you allowing him to be the Lord in, in every area of your life? Are you allowing him to be king in, in your home, for example? Are you saying, okay, Lord, be king in my home? Is he really Lord of your home? I, I was thinking through this message, and I'm thinking, is he Lord? I, this morning I was praying, Lord, will you just be Lord of this house? 
Because sometimes we can take the reins back and say, oh yeah, I gave this house to the Lord, I commit this house to you. Yeah, we committed this house to the Lord back in so and so. But then all of a sudden we're, we're kind of, you know, we've got it back and we're like ruling our own house and this is my house and this is, uh, I'm the king of my house and my, my castle and all that. No, no. Is, it, is he the king of, of your home? Is he the Lord over what you watch in your house? Is he, he the Lord over or what you allow happening in your house? Is, is he the Lord? Is he, is he king in your home? He wants to be. Or do we open the back door and say, well, um, Lord, can you just go outside for a little while? You know, just, you know, just stand out here for a while. I'm just going to take over. And then every once in a while, you open up the back door and say, oh, well, Jesus, oh, come on in now. Things are cool. We can, you can have you in here now. No, be Lord now, now that we're done doing what we want to do. Is he king over, over your home? Is he king over your marriage? He wants to be, for those that are married. He wants your marriage to be submitted to him. I'll tell you, when Jesus is king over our marriage, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Or I'm not trying to rule my family, my wife, and she's not trying to rule over me. We're, we're trying to submit to his lordship. I see couples sometimes, they, they feel that the Lord's putting them together, but really, they're, you know, it's like they, they think that other person is going to make their life complete. Their completeness is, is not in Christ, in God, but they think, oh, if I marry this person, this is what I'm missing. If I, if I find my soulmate, you know, I'm going to be complete with that person. No, your completeness needs to be in him first. He needs to be Lord. He needs to be king of your life first. And then as you're two or one, it's not she or he's completing you. Yeah, the two be, shall become one, but your completeness is really in Christ. And it's a beautiful thing when, when he's in the midst of it and he's ruling over your marriage. Remember the story about the, the man that had a car accident and he died and he goes to heaven and there's two lions. Remember that? We, I've heard this story many times. I love it. You know, so there's two lines. There's one big, long, long line and there's a, another line with just one man standing there. And so he asks, he says, well, what's going on? Which line do I stand in? He says, well, that line there is the, the line. The long line is where men that weren't spiritual leaders in their homes and they have to stand in that line. And, and that line over there where that one guy's standing, that's, you know, that's for the men that were spiritual leaders in their home and that's, that's where they stand. And he's like, no, Way. And he goes to get in the, 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 the long line. He goes, well, I'm going to first talk to this guy. You know? So he goes over there and says, I just want to congratulate you. You, know, for, you, know, you made it to heaven and you were the spiritual leader in your home. He says, that is just a wonderful thing. He goes, what are you talking about? He says, well, that's, you're in that line. He goes, no, my wife told me to stand here. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be Lord. Not the wife taking the reins and ruling the house. Not the husband ruling over the house thinking that he's the king of his castle. But, but Jesus Christ ruling in your life personally in that way. He can rule in the house. He can rule over your marriage. Single people, don't look for a completeness in a mate. Look for your completeness in Christ. And find the mate that is making... Christ, their completeness. Don't think that you can rescue them. Christ is the only one that can truly rescue them. What about in your career, in your workplace? Has it, been, has it been submitted to him? As we look at this, the kingdom of this world had become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. Well, spiritually speaking, he wants to do that personally in our lives, and he wants to do that even in your workplace. I remember when I was in the corporate world, you know, it's just... You know, sometimes you know, I'd walk in rooms and the guys would just be quiet. Oh, Joe's here. Be quiet. You know, 
Don't talk about that. And I would tell them, <laughs> they said, oh, yeah, we're just talking about our weekend. You know, we know you don't want to hear that. And, I said, and, you know, I'd use it as an opportunity to share the Lord as much as I could. I remember one time, it was so funny, I was out to lunch with the coworkers, and I'm sitting there. I forget where we were, Burger King, McDonald's, I don't know where it was. I remember just sitting there, and I put my head down, pray over my food like this. And, and one of my coworkers, he says, he says, now, do you, do you pray over everything? And I says, well, I, yeah. And he goes, so if you have a bag of potato chips, like a snack, you, do you bow your head and pray over the this, this snack? And I says, no, I guess I don't. He goes, and he's like, well, doesn't it count? You know, you, you're not afraid that you might get sick from your potato chips? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and in a way, he was mocking me, but it was, just, it, was, it was a sweet thing, and I used it as an opportunity. It's like we, we should allow him to be king no matter where we're at. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. He honors those that honor him. He wants to be king. There's people around you that are watching you, and they're in your workplace, and if he's king, if he's ruler, they're noticing. We're called to be different. I'm not saying to be weird, though. You know, some, you know, we're not going to take it the other level. Some people are just like, oh, I'm getting persecuted for righteousness. Like, no, you're being persecuted because you're acting crazy. You know, don't do that. Don't be good. Jesus isn't crazy. He's not weird. He's, he's awesome. He's powerful. He's king. In all of our life, in our ministry, the kingdoms of this world. I don't know how many times in ministry I... You know, I I look back and think, oh, Lord, why did I get in your way? <laughs> it's like, why did I do that? I think of even the labor of love, you know, again, just to, I felt that this year more than ever, it was just kind of submitted over to him. And it's like all eyes were, to me at least, and hopefully this happened with you. It's like, I mean, for, for us here, the, you know, here in leadership, as we talked about, it's almost like, it's like, you know, we submitted it unto the Lord. We're like, okay, God, all right, we're just going to rest in this. And it was just so powerful to see the Lord work. You know that you're doing awesome in ministry when you're like, wow, God, you're doing awesome. Help me to just stay out of your way. And not that we're lazy, not that we don't do anything. It's like, no, we, we submit unto the Lord. We take the gifts and talents and we use them for his glory, but then we, we allow him to work. We allow the spirit to work and we, we submit it to him. And it's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. He's ruling and reigning. He wants to do that in ministry. He, he wants to be king over it. Whenever I'm king over ministry and I've got the reins and I've got the throne, like, I'm going to do this. And it's like everything, I don't know about you, everything falls apart. Everything's a mess. But when he's ruler and he's reigning, everyone glorifies God and everyone says, God, you're so great. By the way, we're all called to minister. Did you know that? It's not a sideline sport. It's not like you're called to sit on the bench and say, go team, go team, yeah, 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 shish kebab, yeah, 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 go, 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 go. No, we need cheerleaders, yeah, but we need you out there in the, in the field with us. We really do. Called to minister, and we're called to allow him to, to be king over the ministries that he's called us to, surrendering it to him. How about your finances? The importance of allowing him to be king over even your finances. When I was at Calvary Costa Mesa serving there as an assistant pastor, I believe every time, bar none, when someone would come that had terrible financial difficulties, I, one of the first questions I would ask him, well, do you tithe at church? And they'd say, no, pastor, we can't afford to tithe. And I would always tell them, you can't afford not to tithe because you're, you're not putting God first with your finances. And every single time, you know, it's just, there, it was a mess. And every single time, like, no, we don't, we don't tithe. And I said, well, you know, you should do that. You know, it's, 
That's something, you know, God even says, test me in this. And he wants to be king over your finances. Even in Malachi, it says, you know, see if I won't open up the, the, the doors of heaven, basically, and pour out a blessing you can't even contain. Is he king over your finances? Do you pray over your finances, and do you allow him to rule over your thoughts? We talked last week about temptation. Well, do you know most of the problem we have, it starts in the mind. That's where the enemy loves to start in your thought life. And, you know, it's not sin when you think about it. If you keep thinking, you dwell on it, it can become sin. But typically the things you're dwelling on and you continue to think upon, they, 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 they come out, they're, they, they're manifest in action. And we have to allow him to be king. And when a thought comes to your mind that's not of the Lord, it's not of him, we have to keep every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we have to dispel it. He wants to be king over everything. Your relationship with others. Is he king? It's so good to keep the Lord in the center with your relationship with others. The Bible says, know no man according to the flesh. That's a difficult one, isn't it? Because we're in the flesh. You know? It's like we're, we're in this physical world. You know? And the Bible says, well, don't know him according to the flesh. There's many times when you have conflict with someone. You have to, you know, the best thing to do is just bring it to the Lord and say, Lord, help me to see this person with your eyes. Help me to, to comprehend. Because a lot of times, you know, I know personally what I do dealing with people, I, I misunderstand people. Do you understand? Don't, you know, I, I'll misunderstand them. And it's like, and I think they're saying one thing, but then when I just really pray over it and I ask the Lord to give me peace and then I, I go back and I communicate with them, and it's like, wow, now I get it. And it's like, you know, it's so good to allow him to be king over all of our relationships. The kingdoms of this world, what a powerful verse. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Great verse to go with this. Galatians 2.20. Paul the Apostle says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live, in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I've been crucified with Christ. So whereas we talk about surrendering, the day we give our life to the Lord, there should be crucifixion. And it's us. We die to ourselves. It's no longer I who live, Paul says. And it, it's not a, you know, we can look at this and say, oh, man, you know, i got to die to myself. No, it's actually a great thing. It's like I can give my life totally over to Christ and allow him to live in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So it's a wonderful verse. Another verse that goes great with this. And I love this verse. Don't you love this verse? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. One of the most powerful verses in the Bible, just to be still, allow him to be king, allow him to rule, know that he's God, know that he's on the throne, know that he's, he's all-powerful and he's able to do far more exceedingly abundantly than we could ever ask or think. And I just recently heard a story, I don't know if you've heard this story about the Borden family, you know the Dairy family? I believe it was in the 20s, the son of the Borden family. He was to be the next heir, and he's, he was to take over the empire, the Borden empire. But he, he told his family, he says, you know, I feel called to China. I want to be a missionary to China for Christ. And his family was like, you know, basically, you're crazy. You know what I mean? You've got an empire here. Go send, they literally said, send somebody else to do it for you, okay? We, you're, you've got an empire over here. Well, if you know the story, this young man, he, he went to China anyhow. He said, you know, I, I'm called to do this. 
And on the, the boat, I guess, he was, he was totally sick. By the time he reached shore, they had to rush him to the hospital. Guess what? He died in the hospital. But they found a note on, on this young man. He said, it, it, on the note, at the end of it, he said, no reservations, no regrets. And I wonder how many of us, as we talk about the surrendered life, how many of us at the end of our lives will be able to, be able to write, no reservations, no regrets. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.